You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Inside the Locker Room. 205-342-9904. We tell you each and every morning is the phone number to get in on the show with us this morning. Our Twitter account's at Locker Room 109. At Barry Sanderson, at Wimp Sanderson 1. The email address for the show is wimpandbarry at yahoo.com. Download the Tide 100.9 app to your smartphone. You can take us with you anywhere you go. You also have a little chat button on there if you want to uh, send something in to knowing those guys. I think it's up on the right-hand corner there, so you can do that right there off of the app. We want to thank Yellowwood uh, for any project. For it's, it's that time of year again. Uh, if it has to last, it has to be tough. It's done the elements year after year. When it comes to building outdoors, it doesn't come any tougher than Yellowwood brand, pressure-treated pine from great southern wood. For projects that stand up against Mother Nature's best, be sure to head down to your local Yellowwood dealer for pressure-treated pine. Go to yellowwood.com to find that. And always remember, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, you don't want only one product to build that five-star backyard, and it is Yellowwood. Kevin Skarbinski will join us here at the bottom of the hour. Coach Saban did meet with the media. I think he's very honest uh, when he meets with the media. He doesn't it's some coach talk, but he if you ask the question, he'll be pretty honest about uh, the problems with this football team. Good morning, Dad. How are you this morning? Uh, I'm okay. I, I, I'm, I'm fair. Um, let me give you what I do have in, in baseball. Uh, Bryce Harper hit another home run uh, Phillies won five to three against the Diamondbacks, which is big for them. That was a game one on National League series and, and American League series. Rangers beat the Astros five to four. Um, and, uh, Texas Rangers lead Houston Astros by, I think it's two, two zip now. Um, Tom Kim won that, that the Shriners, the officer, I mean, he's a, he's a, 21 years old. He's won three times, I think, and very, very fine player. Uh, does a very good job with his interviews and so forth. Something you might be interested in. Uh, I watched the game last night. Uh, I don't, I don't, cause I don't like, uh, Dallas. I don't care for them much. And, uh, they, they, uh, they, they won by three and, uh, against the Chargers. Uh, needed, a needed win for them if you're, if you're a Cowboys fan, 20 to 17. Um, Brock Bowers, Barry is, uh, out, uh, four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, uh, sometimes you talk about injuries and you say, you know, you're injured, but somebody just jumps in there and takes your place. Uh, that, that doesn't happen in Georgia here with this kid. Uh, Nobody's going to jump in and take his place. Somebody's going to take his place, but they're not going to be as effective. This kid is um, bad, bad sprain, and very difficult to run those routes. Uh, Washington quarterback has a broken hand. Um, 
Central Florida. Not, no, not Central Florida. Uh, oh, we're playing, uh, they're playing Oklahoma, but uh, their quarterback is back. Uh, I, I thought something was interesting today. They, uh, they keep putting some stuff about basketball. The 1929-30 basketball team at Alabama was coached by Hank Crisp. Hank Crisp was the for just these older older guys is the guy that Coach Bryant kept as defensive coordinator, kept him on the staff when he came back from Texas A&M. I think, I think in 1957 that that basketball team was 20 and 0 and um, won um, championship. I think and. and was really very very good. If you have a chance to look on there, to see that you, if you're a basketball fan, Lindy Hood was the guy who made all conference in football and basketball, and they played both back then. So, uh, pretty interesting. So that's really about all I've got. There's a lot of things. We got big games this week, of course, as Barry and I talked about yesterday. Everybody's looking at. Alabama, Tennessee, and Penn State, and Ohio State's big. But remember this, y'all folks. Uh, we're going to have these kit, these teams play again. I think there'll be a rematch between Texas and Oklahoma. There'll be a rematch between Washington and Oregon. And I think uh, so. We'll have some rematches, and that really makes it good for football. That's all I got, Barry. All right. Then they have the. I don't want to put these preseason AP basketball polls out so early. Oh, silly. Uh, but Alabama, silly. even after losing everybody, they are. They do come in at number. Uh, 24. So they are ranked in the top 25 at 24. Uh, if you want to know who's ranked number one, I'm scrolling down there to see who's number one. Um, number one is, uh, Purdue. Uh, no, Kansas. Uh, Purdue is number three, which Alabama played. And they also will play Creighton, which is number eight. And they'll play Tennessee, which is number nine. So, uh, they play Auburn, but they're, uh, right there, right there. Auburn's not there. ranked no, right they're now. Not, they're not. So, and Auburn got a in the. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but Auburn got a real break in the two teams that you, you play uh, versus uh, the three that you've been playing. Not versus, but uh, making five. Auburn's uh, Alabama schedule. I think, I think Alabama ended up with their two people. They played twice. They ended up with Tennessee and Florida. I think that's correct. Barry can check me. And Auburn ended up with uh, I don't I don't know who, but they got a real break there because you you study that thing. It's big who those who those five teams are that you play twice because that's ten of your eighteen games. Yeah, so Alabama uh, not the schedule's not quite as tough as it's been. Uh, Coach Oates is not really afraid to play anybody, but uh, they do play some good teams, and uh, so we'll see basketball season. Uh, we had our first practice yesterday. Good lands. I had one kid had to go to get mouth sewed up and two out from hurt. And I don't know, man. It's, uh, it seems like a long season. These kids, they got to take care of these kids. Uh, I'm down to my numbers anyway, but, uh, hurt a lot of, a lot of people hurt, nicked up and banged up. It's a long season, but, uh, we'll get started here next in the next couple of weeks. Um, my household, we got everybody sick. I got Mike throwing up and Comer sick and, but it is. Well, Jack's birthday. Well, I wish Jack a happy birthday. It's uh, Jack's it. birthday. So if you see him, uh, out today, tell him to play some defense, get some rebounds and happy birthday and throw some strikes. Happy uh, birthday yeah, yeah. to him. Yesterday was Jay Sewell's and I, I called him on, on behalf of our show and thanked him for being on our show. And I think he enjoys being on. Yeah. So 
Good. All right. I hear all the people uh, talking about all the problems that Alabama has, uh, and they do have some problems. And I think you and I tried to bring that out in the summer that maybe the problems are because the talent level is just not quite as good as it's been in the past. I ask you this. I know you guys do not drive off the road. Noah, don't let anybody drive off the road when I ask this question. Dad, has this football team being 6-1, and 4-0 uh, in the SEC based on their talent? Now, don't tell me we got a good offensive line. These guys cannot move their feet. They were awful against Central South Florida. They've been awful pretty much the entire season. At 6-1 and one, currently, has this team actually overachieved at 6-1? and one? I think they have. Uh, they may have. They may have. I think um, it's really hard to to get uh, the quarterback situation correct. Correct, and as coach always said, the people surrounding the quarterback are so important. Uh, that hasn't been quite as good. Uh, I think you're going to find, and, and I think you're going to find a real pass rush by Tennessee. They have really worked hard on trying to be a better defensive football team, and I think we'll get an idea of what Barry's saying on on Saturday. Uh, we've got some idea already to go to Texas A and M with this team and win. Uh, and I know that I know that they're after coaches and everything in the world, but still uh, to go there and win that game, I think was a big turning point in the game. Now they've got they have to beat the people they're supposed to beat. So the question marks are uh, Tennessee and LSU and Auburn. Those are question marks. The other games that they probably can win. So. It's uh, it's been an okay season for them. I, the people just uh, you can't satisfy the expectations of people when you've been so so good for so long. Because when you drop down a tad, and and, and, uh, and then everybody's bad. And that's not the way. It's, that's not the way it works. You, you're going to drop down a tad. Sometimes you can't keep from it, and they've dropped down a tad. But we look back, or they look back, or fans look back and compare it, uh, and. Um, Make their expectation factor real high. Yeah, I just I think this team to go to A and M, regardless of what A and M is, uh, the way they're up for this game to beat them, uh, to beat Ole Miss the way you beat them. I mean, you beat them. Ole Miss has proven out to be pretty good uh, sitting there with only one loss. You beat them on the. I mean, you beat them at home as well, pretty good. So we'll see about Tennessee uh, coming in this weekend. Now, uh, Nick Saban and Pete Golding's gone, uh, but Nick Saban was here. Uh, there's nothing that he loves more than a good defense. He His team got embarrassed uh, last year in Knoxville. Now, it was a, Tennessee was due. They have ridden this win. Um do you? I asked you this yesterday. Do you show them film? Do you? Do you know what catch that place? Do you go over the game last year? Do you go on them charging the field? All the different things. Do you use that as motivation for this week? Or do we have so many problems right now? We can't worry about all that outside noise, and we gotta just concentrate on each position, blocking better, helping this left tackle. Uh, do you use the game last year's motivation at all? Oh, I think so. I think, you know, a little bit. I, I just think this year's this year and that's kinda over with, but uh last year was the you know, a total mess and everybody got all down the dumps about it and uh, Tennessee played well, so Tennessee's beatable. 
Uh, I'm a little surprised that the line is the number that it is. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe I'm way off. Maybe Tennessee's not what I think they are, but I thought they played. And you're going to play hard, um, harder, harder at home. And I thought they did against A&M. So um, I think it's going to be a very tough game. The yeah, line's still holding right here at nine and a half. All right, we got a couple calls coming in, but we're right up pressed on this break. We'll take the break, get to the phone calls. Uh, plenty of lines open, 205-342-9904. Two men in a truck. They're out at 1330 Martin Road East. That's where you go if you want to pick up the boxes and packing supplies and preparation for this move. When you make the move, you want to use the best. These guys will take a stressful situation and make it seem easy. Give them a call today. Whether it's a local, out of town, out of state, you got Halloween decorations or Thanksgiving, you need them moved in and out of the house, out of the attic. They come over there to take care of anything you need moving-wise. 205-247-5050 is two men in a truck, movers who actually care. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, just got a report of a wreck on Covered Bridge Road near the fire station. That's fire station number 11. I'm seeing significant delays. If you see other conditions, of course, give me a call. These are super offers from Townsend Nissan. Two, four, six, eight, up to $10,000 off. Select Nissans. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Good Tuesday morning. 39-year-old James Randall Murray has been indicted and charged with manslaughter and leaving the scene of a crash that took the life of 44-year-old Levante Caldwell in 2021 in Tuscaloosa. TPD reports show Caldwell was traveling between Colling and Cottondale when her vehicle collided with a Chevrolet Silverado. Both vehicles tumbled down a 20-foot ravine. The woman was pronounced dead at the scene. Murray left the scene but was found at a nearby intersection. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news, Don Hartley, Townsquare Media, Tuscaloosa. Join Tide 100. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We're forecasting sunshine and full supply today. Tuscaloosa's high 68, clear tonight, the low 46. Tomorrow's sunny with a high at 73. Thursday, increasingly cloudy, a chance of showers Thursday night, the high at 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. With a season never. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. It's screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Pressure Treaty Pine from Great Southern. Going to build that fence, the deck, the pergola. There's only one choice. It's Yellowwood. Go to Yellowwood. Dot com to find the dealer closest to you. I'll throw it out. Uh, do you think this team's, I think they, I got a different approach than these other people. I'm, I think they've overachieved, uh, being six and one. Uh, some people, uh, being very critical of them. There are positions where they're not playing well. I'm not going to say that there may, be, there may be positions they're not coaching well. I, I don't know enough about football to say, uh, whether they are, or they aren't, or maybe they are coaching well and they're overachieving. Let's get to the Yellowwood hotline and get Tom in. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Barry. Good morning, Coach. How are y'all this morning? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, uh, one thing that was interesting to me yesterday when uh, y'all had Max on with his conversation, and y'all were, y'all were pointing out some of the problems that Alabama has. And I think everybody in the world can see that the opposite 
uh, offensive line is not what it should be or, you know, they're not living up to their recruiting rankings, let me say that. And uh, But, you know, Max, uh, uh, some of the other problems, he's made this statement, and I see what has turned out uh, when he said it to be true in my mind. Alabama's not the only one suffering from the uh, situation. And uh, uh, there's a lot of teams that are. But uh, as far as the success that we're having so far this year, I think goes to uh, Coach Saban and his ability to coach coaches and get things out of them. Case in point, uh, the defensive line under Freddie Roach has been underperforming for two and a half years. And uh, I have been very critical of Coach Roach and uh, and actually Coach Saban for allowing him to stay at Alabama. But you know what? The defensive line has made a great turnaround this year. The first two games, they were horrible. Same thing going on. Now, I don't know who's responsible for getting everything going in the direction it should go as far as the defensive line, but somebody did. And, and, and the results uh, have been outstanding because when that happened, the defense started playing a lot better. Uh, the results were – the turnout of uh, the results turned out a lot better. Now, and, and so I owe Coach Rocha an apology because he's done a fine job this year uh, after the first two games of getting this team uh, – getting the defensive line playing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's weird to me, and this may be just because he's not on the field, uh, you never see Kevin Steele. Like, they usually all show, like, the guy in the booth. Uh, but, you know, I guess Goldie was on the field. Kirby was on the field. Uh, I guess Bill O'Brien was, he was in the box, I believe. Uh, Blaine Kiffin was on the field. You, you, would you even know that, uh, Kevin Steele, Dad and Tom was our defensive coordinator. If you weren't an Alabama fan, you never see this guy at all or hear anything about him much. Why is that? Because they're playing well. Why is it? Well, they, well, they a lot may... of people are. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. a lot of people are saying that there's something going on there. Uh, you know, there's been a couple of of people that made statements to the effect that he's not calling the defense and just that and the other. Others think uh, not necessarily that, but they think something's going on, like maybe uh, a rip uh, a month or, or something. I don't I don't know. I can't read those kind of tea leaves. Yeah. Um, Dad, is there a reason why we never see – and then when they ask Coach about it, and, and I think Alabama has the best defense maybe in the country, uh, certainly in the SEC that I've seen, and he didn't take it a – there's a chance to maybe praise the staff a little bit, but he asked specifically about the coordinators, and he says, I'm not going to grade them in, in public. Maybe it's because the offense hadn't done well. Well, that was a little bit awkward to me that he didn't at least kind of acknowledge how well this defense has played, and they would not certainly be 6-1 and one without them. I kind of agree to that. I, th- I think it was a little bit awkward. I think what happened was, what I can find out, they didn't get their defensive signals down very well in the first in the first game, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't what it, they just didn't get it to to the field quick enough. So they made some adjustments there, and uh, I think that was I mean, Lane Kiffin wanted to 
uh, yak about it, um, and um, they, they took care of him pretty well. So I think I think he does a good job, uh, a defensive job, and I, I, Alabama's very very good defensively. And you got to keep from losing before you can win. And I think I think they've done that. They've kept from losing. Uh, they kept from losing at Texas A and M. They kept from losing at, at uh, against Arkansas. So we'll see. Just, we'll see. I just wonder if Coach uh, Saban ain't, is not jealous. And and I and what I mean is, you know, all that talk about Pete Golden. Oh, they're coming from the NFL to consult with Pete Golden. He's such a brilliant mind on defense. And he can do this and he can do that. Well, he can get your ass kicked because he proved that to us last year. And uh, and and another thing about Pete Golden, he's gone and Kevin Steele comes in and then miraculously the defense is like leading the conference. Now tell me, uh, Coach Saban is mad because his little boy Pete Golden no, was a fake. Come on, that ain't true. He could, Pete Golden could have stayed. Yeah, and we see like uh, three losses already. I, I and maybe this is not appropriate, and I, of course, I'm not being critical of the media. I don't consider us media, and we don't go to the press conferences. What I, I would, if somebody's listening, and you are the media, what would Nick Saban say if if somebody asked him why does he continue to let Jermaine Burton act the way he does? That it's going to eventually cost him in a big game. Would Coach get mad? What, how would he answer that? Well, if he was going to be truthful, he'd go, "Well, you know, Kirby pulled one on me there, and uh, yeah, but he's still and every time, like every that. time, every time he runs out on the field, everybody at Georgia goes." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom. See ya. Thank you. What would Coach say about that? Would that would that make him mad? What would it do if you asked him that? about what? Now about about if you uh, asked him why he continues to allow Jermaine Burton to act the way that he does uh, by talking to the other team and running his mouth because uh, eventually it's going to get him a fifteen yard penalty. It's going to cost him a game. Why does he continue to allow it? Well, I think he I think he'd make him semi mad. Yeah. I don't know, mad mad, but I think semi mad. I wish somebody would ask him. So. Uh, anyway, all right, back to the Yellowwood Hotline. Get Philip in. Good morning, Philip. Morning. Good morning. Good morning, man. I think the uh, team has overachieved defensively and perhaps sort of stagnated offensively at this point. I think the experimentation of whatever happened when they went down to Tampa and played USF, I thought that set the team back. And it has taken a, a while for Alabama to to get over that. Although they did bounce back with an enormous win over Ole Miss and and then Mississippi State, Texas A and M, and Arkansas. So they've managed to hold on, and so I commend them for that. Uh, I do think going forward, Alabama's got to put some more points on the board to win these to win some of these uh, games coming up specifically Tennessee and LSU, I don't think 23-24 points is going to win those games. I, well, uh, this, go ahead, David. No, go ahead. South Florida game was was for a purpose, and that purpose was to find out who the second-string quarterback was. Now, I'm not saying that they did completely, but that's what, they, that's what the purpose was. Uh, it was the only game they could play where they could play two quarterbacks and still thought they could win. 
and it wasn't a good game. The offensive line killed this. They, everybody got out of sorts because Milrow did start. And, but it was a reason for that. It was a purpose there. Everybody, everybody's beating South Florida now, even UAB. So uh, I think that's what they did. Was that was that the right time to do it? Maybe not, but that's what they tried to do. I don't think Alabama people talk. I mean, people realize that their kicking game is superior. Uh, that field goal kicker and that punter. Uh, they are really good. Uh, so they, they keep them. If we didn't have a good field goal kicker, we'd be in trouble. I'm going to tell you who frustrates me though, Philip, and I want to see if he frustrates you too. And I think he's overrated and people are going to tell me I'm crazy about this. And I hate to be critical of a kid, but Kool-Aid returning punts, he will never run up there and catch the ball. He offense the ball, hit the ground. We need somebody back there that's going to go get the ball. I, he drives me crazy back there. Do you see the same thing? He, he never goes and gets the ball. Yep. And I tell you, I think he's lost a little confidence, too, because the times that he did go get the ball, uh, there was a botch up. Either he'd fumble it around a little bit or, or, or you know, or come close to losing it. So I think he's lost a little confidence. Um, I'd love to see um, Terry and Arnold back there some. And, and I tell you, I'm still high on this Kendrick Law kid. I just... I don't think Kendrick Law gets in the game nearly enough. Yeah, I don't know. Kool Aid's just not. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I love Kendrick. I love Kendrick Law. And you know another thing too, Barry. And and um, Alabama to me really does not have a bell cow uh, receiver that has stepped up this year. They some some weeks Bond will step up, some weeks Prentice will step up, and then Burton, you know, has had some ups and downs, and he's been up lately. Yeah. The only negative with that guy is he's he's um, out of control mentally. I mean, totally out of control. But Alabama's also getting some injuries, which is a little concerning. You've got Tresman Marshall's nicked up. You've got now Dupree, this tight end that was a huge help on on the line. And boy, do they need help now. He's he's hobbling around, so that's concerning. Yeah, uh, you know they stayed away from the. Like maybe the year-ending injuries, but uh, you know they'll start to build up. That's where your depth uh, really helps you there. So thank you, Philip. Thank you. Thank y'all. Have a good day. All right, we got to get to break here. Sorry, Bryce, you have to call back. Uh, we're going to get uh, Kevin, and we get back from break. Royal Cleaners—they want to make your life a lot easier. Everybody's extremely busy with all the holiday season coming up, so they'll come to you, get all the laundry, get it cleaned up, and deliver it right back. You just give them a call, 205-391-0034. If you want to drop off, University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, North Porter, 4851, Rice Vine Road. For all your cleaning needs, only one choice, it's Royal. Once again, 205-391-0034. Your list of Tide 100.9 and 1230 AM WTBC, West Alabama's only sports talk show. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we still have that wreck on Covered Bridge Road right off the interstate. It's near the fire station. I see significant delays. If you see other conditions, of course, give me a call. 205-886-8886. These are super offers from Townsend Nissan. Two, four, six, eight, up to $10,000 off. Select Nissans. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. Built to win. Built for championships. Throws intercepted Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. 
The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide look to get revenge on Tennessee. Our coverage begins at 1130 on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. Inside the locker room with Wimp and Barry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Yellowwood pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then you don't want to get right to the Yellowwood hotline. He writes for the Birmingham Leeale.com with the Coach Safely program. Uh, joins us every Tuesday, Kevin Skarbinski. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm good, fellas. How are you? We're good. Go You're ahead. okay. Go ahead, Nat. Um, Alabama, Tennessee, of course, third, third Saturday in October, usually used to be. Um, this, I think, is a Tennessee game that's improved, a Tennessee team that's improved defensively just because, maybe because they were playing at home. But, um, uh, what you, what you've seen of Tennessee, I know they're not as good quarterback, but I do think they're, and they didn't play well against Florida, but, uh, give her, give your assessment of, of Tennessee right now, what you've seen versus Alabama. Well, if you compare them, both against a common opponent in Texas A&M, I think you saw a, a sim, you saw similar teams yeah. that played very well defensively, that were were difficult to run the ball on, and brought pressure on the passer, uh, and struggled to be consistent on offense, but made enough plays to win that game. I think, interestingly, Alabama may be more explosive with Jalen Milrose's ability to throw the deep ball. But Alabama, obviously, as we saw Saturday, can also be very inconsistent on offense. We also saw that in College Station when Alabama went out there. So they really haven't put together four quarters yet against, uh, certainly not in a conference game. So, you know, they've had that lull in every game. And I think Tennessee has too. And I think you made a good point, Wimp, that, this is not the same Tennessee team that went to Gainesville. They are better. They have improved. They're not what they were last year. So this game, this game, you know, last year was such a uh, a high wire act. So many big plays offensively. So many points. So many touchdowns. Uh, this game looks like the opposite. This game looks like it'll be more of a defensive struggle. At least the way that the teams have evolved to this point. Okay. Uh, you know, Kevin, when dad was coaching, everybody kept saying, when are you going to get a seven footer? When are you going to get a seven footer? Uh, and he said, eh, I think I'll go get a six, eight guy that can run this athletic. Um, uh-huh. uh, I'm not trying to coach football. I don't know a lot about football. Can these offensive linemen, we, we always talk about wanting to get big old, big old guys. Are these guys like the seven footer in basketball? They can't move. It's not as good. Are these guys too big? To where they can't move their feet, the left tackle, the guys are going by him so fast, he's going to get a cold. Can you, is there such thing as being too big on the offensive line? Well, in certain situations, I think that's true. 
and and they made the dude from Arkansas look like yeah. look like a combination of uh, Will Anderson and Dallas Turner uh, and Derek Thomas. <laughs> I mean, that guy's a good player, but good grief! Yeah, I, how many he played blew up Alabama's offense time and again, and and that clearly that position has been a an area of concern that has not been solved. You know, they've tried different guys there, and nobody has. Nobody has stepped up and seized the job. So it's, you know, they're going to have to, and he doesn't want to move the right. He made a good, I thought Nick Saban made a good case yesterday why you don't move the right tackle to the left tackle. The right tackle is doing a good job, and, you know, that you maybe you create more problems if you take a guy who's solid and you move him to a different spot, and then you create issues at, at, at the right tackle spot. He's got to learn the left tackle spot because they're not the same position. So, you know, it, it looks like they're going to have to live with that and the growing pains that they've seen at left tackle. But I think your point is, is valid, Barry. You know, size is good when it comes to mashing people, when you're moving straight ahead, when you're run blocking, when you're power blocking. But... When you're trying to pass protect, you know, they, they bring these cheetahs off the edge. Uh, that, that can be a problem. And everybody in the SEC, just about everybody has those guys, right? Yeah. Uh, some are better than others, but everybody has some, somebody coming off the edge that's uh, a problem. And usually it's, it's more of a speed guy than a bull rush guy. So, uh, you know, I, there are different ways to deal with that. Obviously, you can add a tight end on that side. You can chip the, Chip the uh, edge rushers. There's all different kinds of things they can do, but but you but it just means that you can't leave that left tackle on an island. You've got to you've got to make sure that you've got some help over there, depending on how the defense lines up. So and, and Tennessee's the same way. They can they can be troublesome uh, coming off coming off the edge. So it's one of those things Alabama's going to have to continue to coach them up, and they're going to be these growing pains and doesn't look like they're going to be solved this year or they're going to be complete this year. So uh, it's just something they're going to have to scheme around, really. Uh, Will you do me a favor? Get one of your media friends to ask this to Coach Saban. Why does he – this this is the only thing that surprises me. I think they've overachieved, actually, with their talent level. To be 6-1, I I know they're not playing well and Alabama fans are frustrated, but I think they've overachieved. But my question would be, I cannot believe he continues to let Jermaine Burton talk as much as he talked and run his mouth. He's going to get a 15-yard penalty at the worst time. It's going to be against LSU. It's going to be uh, this weekend. Uh, he has not gotten that stopped. Uh, why does he continue to let this go on? Would that make him mad if you asked them that in the press conference? I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's. It is interesting though that that that's not characteristic of Alabama receivers. Mm-mm. If you look at the guys, which is, which is unusual for that position, you know, that's a, you know, the, the phrase diva wide receiver was created for a reason. You know, those, those guys tend to be, they tend to be look at me kind of guys. They tend to be high strung and, and DBs are the same, you know, DBs are celebrating you know, the, the uh, wide receiver will run an out route. The quarterback will throw it ten yards over everybody's head, and the DB will celebrate like he just made it. He just made a Deion Sanders type play from back in the day. Uh, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of emotion that goes into those those one on one battles, those wide receiver defensive back battles. 
but you've got to keep your head about you. And, and Jermaine Burton has been on the edge or over the edge far too often. And, and I, I can't answer, I can't answer that. It, it would be interesting to hear what Nick Saban would have to say about that because, yeah, that's one of those, you know, of all the, you know, Alabama's obviously had penalty issues again this year, but that's one of those things that can turn a game. You know, that can, that can negate a big play that can put you way behind the sticks on offense when you're driving, can take you out of field goal range. If you're driving for a winning field goal or a tying field goal, it's, it, it is, it is a, it's, it's, it's trouble waiting to happen. It looks like. So I, I don't know how, why they haven't gotten that under wraps and why he is still, you know, he still hasn't learned and matured in that way that you would hope a guy that's played as much as he has would. Yep. Yep. Let's, let's jump to the end of the season. And we got the seven to ten guys in the room trying to decide the final four. And in the final playoff game, uh, Oregon beats Washington. And uh, Texas beats Oklahoma. Especially Oregon beating Washington. Uh, is that, and they're good, brother. Uh, what kind of decision do you make there based on how, how do you handle that? <laughs> well, and then you want to, you want to throw more chaos into the works, have, uh, Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State all, all with one loss. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let's give Georgia a loss at some point, which is not inconceivable. You know, I don't know if people have really looked at Georgia's November schedule. Well, big no. Uh, I mean, they've got you know they've got they've got Florida in a couple. Well, of they got Bowers out the too. Exactly. That's, that's what I mean. It, it all of a sudden a, a team that struggled offensively at times loses its best yeah. offensive weapon. You know, you know, Bowers going to be so mad they can't get their breath. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's not inconceivable that you might only have one uh, undefeated team or no undefeated teams when they get down to the last weekend. And then it could really be chaos. Then you're going to have – the way it's shaping up is somebody that is good enough to win two games in the playoff and win the national championship is going to be left out. And, right. and it could be it could be Oregon, could be Washington, could be Texas, could be Oklahoma, could be Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Uh-huh. Uh, could be, it could be, you know, I, I, you know, Georgia has the inside track because they haven't dropped one yet. But again, it's not, it's not well, a stretch. Strength to schedule that they hard dropped one in November. Exactly. Schedule. And then you start talking about, okay, who did you play? And the one thing that Texas has going for it, if Alabama continues to win, or even if Alabama drops one and is ten and two, is that is that Alabama win on the road? You know, Ohio State has that Notre Dame win. If Notre Dame keeps winning, um, you know, th- those kind of games can make a difference when when they get in that room. And that's in strength of schedule, very likely will be a, de- a determining factor, if not the determining factor, when they have if they have a, a bunch of one loss teams that have be- especially that have beaten each other head to head. Uh, matchups mean so much, Kevin. I, I was. Uh... When talking Auburn here, uh, after they played Georgia, uh, and they played them so close, I think the score was tied with six minutes to go. The narrative, I hear people saying, man, Hugh Freeze is doing an incredible job just to keep that game close. They take a week off, 
they go to LSU, which is a bad matchup for L- for Auburn. They get killed. Those same people are saying uh, this job at Auburn may be just maybe too big for Hugh Freeze. I, the game may have passed him. Now, wait a minute. Two weeks ago, you were saying he's keeping this thing close to. Is there any honeymoon in SEC coaching anymore? Not really. Not not when you when you make the kind of money that these guys make. Is that, the is, that, is that fair? Is that fair? Um, you know, I don't know. If, I don't know that fair. I don't know that fair enters the chat yeah, when we sure. come when we talk, start talking about college football and evaluating coaches. And again, the money that they make—that that's a big part of the reason I think that the patience is not there. And let let you freeze in Auburn lose to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss this week at home, and you're going to hear more of those doubts. And, and more of those questions about you, Freeze. Because it, it, it was, yes, it was a bad matchup at LSU, and it was on the road. And Auburn, you can make a case that Auburn has the best home field advantage in college football because they look like such a different team yeah. so often at home. That home environment, that home crowd, that atmosphere, everything that goes into a game at Auburn, especially at night, <clears throat> which Ole Miss has to deal with this week, that that they that lifts them up more than it does any other team in the country. I really believe that. And having been in a lot of these uh, places, so you know, that, for all those reasons, it was going to be a difficult game. And LSU's explosive offense and Jaden Daniels playing at another level, but they just looked. Well, you freeze said they look like zombies. I mean, it's interesting some of the things he said. How honest he's been about his team this year. You know, when they when they got hit in the mouth early. And he said they look like a bunch of zombies on the sideline. That that's a concerning comment. Yeah, because because they had so much energy and so much juice on you know all around, you know from start to finish against Georgia, and of course with five minutes left, the game was tied, and then to basically you know the game be over five or six minutes into the game in Baton Rouge, and and Auburn did some a few nice things on offense in the second half, but. They, they still have the same issues. They don't have a quarterback. They can't figure out what they want to do at quarterback. They're still hoping that they can find some magic formula in a combination of Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford that has worked at, you know, at limited times, but for the most part has not worked if you go across the whole season. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that that's just part of the profession. Now you get paid handsomely. Uh, right off the bat, you get paid bonuses for doing the kind of things, winning six games that you're supposed to do anyway, which is just amazing. Still amazes me. Uh, we see all these, we see all these stories start, you know, after this past week or so. So and so gets a $50,000 bonus or a $200,000 bonus or a $100,000 bonus because they got to six wins. They got bowl eligible. And if you're making, I'm sorry, but if you're making six, eight, ten million dollars a year, getting bowl eligible should be should be a minimum requirement of your job. Shouldn't get you a reward. But again, maybe that's just me. Yeah, um, I asked Dad this yesterday. Uh, the transfer portal. Most there are some exceptions to transfer portal. Most of these guys are in the portal for a reason. Uh, they're either a problem they couldn't play. You, know, you take Colorado, even Auburn, even Tyler Buckner. Uh, you take a guy like that. Now his career. Probably kind of over. Colorado takes all these guys. Auburn probably takes too many guys. Now you get all these guys in there, and then you find out they can't play. And then they got nowhere to go because they can't transfer again and be immediately eligible. So either you got to either 
get rid of them, kick them out the door, or keep keep them. I think you have to be careful when you first get a job, Kevin, taking so many guys because you end up either being stuck with them or you have to run them off again. They got nowhere to go because they can't be immediately eligible. Nobody's going to want a guy for two years for one year to play. Uh, this will end up backfiring on a lot of kids and coaches, in my opinion, taking so many guys. And, and I think a big part of that, Barry, goes back to the expectations. Yeah. To to make things happen right away. To make a change. To come in with a splash. And so, you know, you inherit a roster like Auburn's that was clearly deficient. They had two straight losing seasons, and they were barely above 500 the year before that in 2020 in Gus Malzahn's last year. So you feel like, okay, I've got to do something. Uh, th- this roster is not good enough to compete week in and week out in the SEC. So you go you go hunting in the transfer portal. But if you look at the players that Auburn brought in, I mean, they're not bringing in guys from Georgia, and for the most part. They're not bringing in guys from Georgia and USC and you know places like that that are proving themselves. They're bringing in guys from from lower levels who have had some success, but maybe there was a reason that they were at – that's that other school in the first place. Maybe there was a reason they weren't playing in the SEC. <clears throat> maybe they, you know, maybe at times they rise to the occasion and they can compete at this level, but day in and day out, week in and week out, maybe they don't. And I think Auburn has discovered that. I think Colorado has discovered that to, to a degree. And so it, it is, it is one of the things that makes the job more difficult than it's been maybe ever because of, you know, because you have these ex- greater expectations than ever. Less patience than ever to build a program. Less stomach for a five and seven in the first year, a four and eight in the first year. Uh, you know, you can remember back in the day, Pat Dye's first year when Auburn went five and six. Auburn people were, were were not happy with the record, but they were they could see the progress. They could see the toughness that was building in that team. They saw how close they came to beating Tennessee, for example, that year on the road. And they, they, they just got a, you got a sense that things were changing for the better. Now people don't want to see progress uh, just for progress sake. They want to see it on the scoreboard. Yeah. They, they want to see, they don't want to see uh, even Auburn fans. They don't want to see Auburn come close to Georgia, which, which is a change because they hadn't, not only had they not beaten Georgia for, for the most part over the last decade, they'd lost nine out of 10. Now it's 10 out of 11. Uh, they hadn't even been close. Uh, yeah, that's that's a step forward. It seemed like until they went to LSU, but it, they, they want to win those games. They're, they're tired of coming close. They're tired of not winning, and so and and so you do things as a coach in building a roster that you might not otherwise do if you if you had more patience uh, in your fan base. Yeah, that. I don't really have anything. I think it's uh, uh, interesting to see that this Tennessee game is. To me, it's going to be a very interesting game. I think. Uh, are you surprised it's a nine and a half point spread? I am a little bit. I am a little I, bit too. Yeah, I think. Well, the next two I games, may be way off base. <laughs> I don't know. Well, again, Tennessee has not looked great, and maybe you know, maybe the the memory of the Florida game is is too vivid in too many people's minds than they they went to Gainesville and and Florida essentially just. Was was you know they out toughed them, they out physical them, they they beat them up on the front on the defensive front. They put all kinds of pressure on Joe Milton, so they they Tennessee couldn't run the ball that day. Florida was really 
physical up front. They were able to run the ball. They have a controlled passing game. Zach Mertz is a bit he's been you talk about transfer portal guys that are overrated. He he had to be the most underrated transfer portal guy in the country. I don't think anybody had much confidence that he was going to make much of an impact at Florida. Dude's com- completing eighty percent of his passes just about. He's been he had he threw for four hundred the other day at South Carolina when they needed a big offensive day because their defense didn't play well. And they were they came back from ten points down in the fourth quarter. He, he's been he's been an incredible surprise on the positive side as a transfer portal guy and the transfer transfer portal quarterback. So I think maybe people that maybe we got a maybe people who watch that game got an impression of Tennessee that's not necessarily valid at this point in the season. I think this I want, is going to be. Yeah. I, I don't think this is a six to three game, you know, or a nine to six game necessarily. But it wouldn't surprise me the way these teams have played. Well, real quickly before Barry hang, gets with hang up, uh, athletic directors who hire coaches, they like coaches. They do everything they can for them. If the, if the, you, a new athletic director comes in on a coach, uh, he's, he fires them very quickly. At Florida, that's not the case. The athletic director at Florida hired the football coach at Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, well, he, and I think he's a good football coach, but I don't know what, what the problem is. I, I've always thought he was very good following him. Um, does it make it uh, more difficult for him to let uh, – what happens there with the AD who's, who's hired the football coach in Florida and Florida's not not doing very well? Well, they're 5-2. Yeah. You know, they're, they're right. they, they, yeah. they, and it's they're funny right. when I looked at the re- – yeah. it's funny when you say that, yeah. though, because you don't think yeah, – right. wait a minute. You're right. Yeah. You know, they are 5-2. and two. They, haven't looked, they haven't looked that great. And, yeah. and, again, you get first impressions on teams – the, the beginning of a season when you haven't seen them since last year, and they gave such a bad impression at Utah. But if you really boil that game down, they were closer than than the score indicated, and you you know they made some boneheaded plays. Beating Tennessee uh, bone- helped the whole life for the whole year. Oh, oh, that game was huge for Billy Napier, uh, and and then even and you might laugh, but Vanderbilt. I mean, they lost to Vanderbilt last year. Beating Vanderbilt was big. Uh, and then, you know, finding a way to come back in South Carolina. You know, that's not Florida's standard to, to you know, need to come from behind to beat South Carolina in, in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, but they won the game. They're sitting here at 5-2 and two going into an off week, getting ready for Georgia. Because they're going to be without Brock Bowers. They actually played Georgia tough for a, a half or so last year. So this is, you know, all of a sudden Florida's sitting there, and they should make a bowl game. They're, they're going to get to six wins at least. And so there's progress. Because last year they didn't. Yeah, there is more, yeah. more than I said. Yeah, and, and they have, and this is how many times do we see this be the saving grace for coaches that are struggling? They have a great recruiting class coming in. I mean, they have a, they've got a top five recruiting class right now wow. for 2024, including a quarterback in DJ Lagway out of Texas. That I mean, he, this this dude's putting up five six. He threw for eight touchdowns in one. He's putting up ridiculous numbers, and they are talking about him, not necessarily on the same level as Tim Tebow, but as a Pied Piper kind of guy that other players, other big time players, want to play with. And and they've really done well. And and if they can keep this class together, and they they bring them all in as they're expecting, uh, and then again, there's going to be a lot of optimism going into year three for Billy Napier in Gainesville. All right, Kevin, tell everybody where they can get you, all your great stuff. Yeah, best thing is follow me on Twitter, X, uh, if you will, at Kevin Skarbinski. 
get links to all my stuff. Uh, read my columns every Monday now in the lead. That's Birmingham lead, L E D E.com. You can subscribe to that publication. It's a daily publication, lots of good stuff, uh, in sports and beyond. And you read my columns there. And then my Thursday newsletter, Scarbo knows you can, you can find that, uh, a link to it on al.com slash sports every Thursday. Touch on a lot of different topics in uh, college football in particular. And we'll be touching on basketball. we got SEC Media Days coming up the next two days here in Birmingham. I'll be covering that for the SEC. Nothing said about that. That's amazing to me. Well, I know the lack. I know know there hasn't been a lot of has there. (laughs) (laughs) It is uncotton-picking believable. They're not not going to the Winfrey Hotel. Yeah, I saw something yesterday that Nate Oates was going to be in Mountain Brook on Wednesday. I'm like, well, that kid in Mountain Brook's already signed with Crate going to Creighton, and that was for (laughs) SEC Media Day. Yeah, the Grand Bohemian. Yeah, Yeah. it's the Grand Bohemian. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever quite seen anything like this yeah well again it shows the power one thing it shows the power of college football it it just it it does tend to eclipse everything else and fewer people you know i've been covering it now for the last several years for the sec fewer people attend fewer writers attend uh media outlets don't have the budgets they used to have they don't spend the money they used to have to travel and they don't see something like this as essential so there will be fewer media members there um, it's just, it's more of a made for the SEC network kind of event. Uh, but I'll be there. I'll be there as, asking questions. And if you got any good questions, uh, you want me to ask Nate Oates or Bruce Pearl or John Calipari, let me know, uh, or any of the players there. But yeah, it, it, it does fly under the radar. So, yeah. but there'll be plenty of good coverage and you can read my stuff, uh, on the, on my blog from every, I'll have a piece on every team, men's teams tomorrow, women's teams on Thursday. At secsports.com. God, it's unbelievable. Thank it's been you, you and Amber there. Dale Brown. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't think they should have it this time of year anyway. All right, Alabama One, uh, go ahead, get the vehicle, your dreams. You can get the loan out of Alabama One. Rates as low as 3.99%, terms up to 84 months. Get pre approved before you shop. That'll help you when you go on the dealership lot. They also have an auto mall. You can go find the car right there on the mall. All the product services right there on the website. Go to www.ala. Bama1.org. This is the Tide 100.9 is the home of Alabama Sports. A Crimson Tide. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. We want to thank Yellowwood, pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Go to yellowwood.com to build that five star backyard. They'll find the dealer that is closest to you. We're going to take the top of the hour break. Open up the phone lines, 205-342-9904. Also, the great Jack Crow will join us at 815. Love to have your phone calls as well. 205-342-9904. You're listening to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, good news, no active wrecks, but heavy traffic. U.S. 43 southbound at McFarland, 69 at Union Chapel, McFarland eastbound at Watermelon and Northport, and McFarland westbound at Skyland and Tuscaloosa. These are super offers from Townsend Nissan. Two, four, six, eight, up to $10,000 off. Select Nissans. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. Your business has a... 
WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Room. Just follow on the Twitter at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson 1. Our email address for the show also is Wimp and Barry at Yahoo.com. As we kick off this 8 o'clock hour, we want to thank Allstate Insurance Agent Andrew Kniff right at 4705 at Boulevard Suite 3 over in Northport. Andrew is my agent. Let him become yours. Don't just pay your bill. Know what you're paying. If you have a situation where you need to use the insurance, Andrew knows exactly where to send you. He'll take great care of you. He's done it for me for over three years. I couldn't be happier. 205-722-9201 or go to the Andrew Kniffer Facebook page. All right, uh, Noah, let's go ahead. We have no phone calls in, but the phone lines are open. If you guys want to jump in, 205-342-9904. but uh, go ahead. No, I, I was going to just say what who was going to be there with Nate Oates on on Wednesday. That's Mark Se- Mark Sears, who's uh, from Muscle Shoals, and of course that area that from Aaron Estrada. I think no, I don't know. I think Aaron Estrada is uh, a transfer from. I think that's right, St. Peter's. I believe that's right. Hofstra, St. Pam, I'm not sure exactly yeah. where. Yeah, Hofstra, right. Our Oregon State's been three different places. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, tell you what, Noah, let's go ahead and play Nick Saban met with the media uh, noon yesterday, which he does every Monday. Uh, here was his opening statement yesterday. So after watching, you know, the Arkansas game, um, I think we did a lot of really good things in the game. I think it was also fairly apparent that um, when we had mental intensity, good mental energy, good focus, uh, we actually executed pretty well. And there were times in the game, uh, especially in the second half, you know, where we sort of lost our mental edge, our intensity, uh, affected our focus, um, and we didn't play as well and actually let the other team get back in the game. So I think the lesson to be learned in all that is got to maintain intensity for 60 minutes in the game regardless of the score. I mean, there's games out there every week where people have leads and, you know, lose their focus and, you know, the outcome is not, you know, what you would want it to be. So, um, you know, this game we're playing against Tennessee, big rivalry game, means a lot to a lot of people. Uh, in the state of Alabama, and I'm sure there too. Um, it's one of the best rivalries in college football. Uh, they have a really good team. They're ranked in the 15th or whatever. And, uh, so they have a really, really good team. Very explosive. You know, Josh Hypo has done, you know, an outstanding job there. You got to, you know, they play with great tempo on offense, which is challenging for the defense, but their ability to run the ball and create balance has been, 
you know, pretty phenomenal this year. I mean, they run it for like 230, pass it for like 210, whatever. Um, and that kind of balance is always something that uh, is difficult. Uh, their defense is playing really, really good. Uh, they're in the top three or four, you know, in the SEC, uh, ranked nationally and, you know, negative plays, sacks, tackles for loss, um, you know, and those types of things. Uh, I think Joe Milton is a really good quarterback. They got three really good runners who have all been very productive. Uh, they got good skill guys outside. So this is, you know, all, all around, you know, a really, really, you know, good team. So it's important for us, you know, to have a great week of preparation and um, be able to maintain focus in practice, in meetings, uh, in whatever we're doing to be able to carry that forward in a game and be able to sustain it in a game for 60 minutes, which is what it's going to take in a game like this. I, I wish I wish that uh, this is not the, not the week to ask this, but I wish our listeners, the ones that call a lot, uh, some of which I really, I really appreciate them calling, would tell uh, me or our listeners what you would do to get a team ready to play that's not a Tennessee. Uh, I miss the, uh, Arkansas or Chattanooga, they're going to play. What do you do as a coach? Because all, all coach talks about is the mental aspect of it, which I believe in, as you know. But that's not an easy thing to do, Barry. You know your your basketball. I knew with mine that there were games I I didn't know exactly how to get my team ready to play. That's not that's not an easy that's not an easy answer, is it? No, I guess the only thing you say in football, you know, you do all this training, uh, all the lifting, all the preparation, and all you're guaranteed is twelve times to play. You get twelve games a year. Uh, I mean, twelve. Uh, that's that seem like a lot for all the time and effort you put into it and you know you probably use with those guys on that these pro scouts they turn the tape on and they want to see you're going to be ready to play every time you play regardless of how you're just going to show up when it's a big component i mean I, those are things you try to yeah, preach that's right does that work uh probably so, not sometimes maybe yeah. to the kids that really care uh all right, uh, Noah, let's go on down the middle there to on the pa- on a pass, on the pass rush. Let's hear what Nick Saban had to say on, on that. Well, it's very important. It's been important all year. Uh, and, uh, it's something that, you know, we have to do a really good job planning wise and, uh, we have to fundamentally play better. You know, it's a combination of both and both those things are, you know, coaching and teaching things that we need to do better. Guys need to set better, hand placement's got to be better, footwork's got to be better, and um, we got to make sure whatever scheme it is that we're trying to use that players are capable of doing it uh, without putting themselves in bad position. You know, I'd asked when I think I don't remember who was on about the seven footer. Most they're not most seven footers in basketball aren't that good. They're really, really good. They're on to the pros. They're not in college very long. They go back in those days they go straight to the pros. Uh so getting a seven footer just to say you got a seven footer is really not what you think it is. And it's almost like we want to talk about how big these offensive linemen are. But you in sports now, these guys that are two thirty five, they just run past these guys. Uh can are Alabama's linemen, are we worried about them being too big? Uh, guys that, uh, the left tackle spot that's got to 
the, I know there's ways of helping them, but it seems like we're so worried about how big they are. They need to be agile, don't they? Yeah, it's, foot, it's footwork, a lot of it. And uh, it's, um, you know, to, to me, um, offensive alignment and defensive backs are the hardest two positions to play. I say that all the time. But footwork is important. You're exactly right. There are times you're too big. You know, Coach Bryant had those teams that, and it's quite different, but he had teams that were smaller. And, and were really quick and really blocked your fannies off. That doesn't mean one thing, but, you know, because times have changed. Uh, but um, I, I think it's it, it takes a lot of work, to, and you got to want to. Um, the runner's got to have a little something to do with it. To, uh, he's got to understand where the hole is supposed to be and then run to the open area. But offensive linemen, I, I would think, would be really hard to coach. <laughs> Yeah, I just remember in the preseason, Coach, or at some point, Coach, talking about we had about eight of them that they were comfortable with. Well, whew, I don't know where those eight are, but uh, these guys, every game, it's a, it's a major problem. They're going to get this quarterback hurt. Uh, so they're going to have to find other ways to protect this kid, or they're, they're going to get him hurt. And, and, look, and you think about the, the, uh, the length of time that the backup quarterback has played at Alabama. It's almost zero. Yeah. Huh. All right, we'll take the break here. We'll get uh, Coach Jack Crow in. Wayne's Pest Control, they're serving over 100,000 customers across Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi since 1973. That's the great folks at Wayne's. Make sure your home is protected from those unwanted pests this fall. Wayne's provides world-class termite protection, general pest control, and mosquito prevention services. They also can keep that lawn looking lush and healthy. Give them a call today, 866-WAYNES-1. What I like about it, every time they come out, no, they text you, uh, they leave something on the door telling you exactly what you what they've done for you, and they've done a great job for me. Let them do the same for you. 866-WAYNES-1 for $6 off your initial pest control service. List of title 100.9 and 1230 AM WTBC, the home of Alabama Sports. Alabama football brought to you by Pearl River Resort, Choctaw, Mississippi. Your destination for casino thrills, family fun, and live entertainment. This is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. As Alabama starts preparations for this Saturday's game against Tennessee, head coach Nick Saban met with the media on Monday. This game we're playing against Tennessee, big rivalry game, means a lot to a lot of people uh, in the state of Alabama, and I'm sure there too. Um, it's one of the best rivalries in college football. Uh, they have a really good team. They're ranked in the 15th or whatever, and uh, so they have a really, really good team, very explosive. You know, Josh Hypo has done you know, an outstanding job there, play with great tempo on offense, which is challenging for the defense, but their ability to run the ball and create balance has been, you know, pretty phenomenal this year. I mean, they run it for like 230, pass it for like 210, whatever. Um, and that kind of balance is always something that uh, is difficult. Uh, their defense is playing really, really good. They're in the top three or four, you know, in the SEC. I'll have more in a moment. 
Producing championship quality lumber is not an easy process, but at Everwood Preserving, it's our only process. Wood treated right. Everwood offers top-notch pressure-treated wood for decks, outdoor structures, commercial jobs, and more that you can build your reputation on. When it comes to quality, we're on the winning team. Visit your local Everwood dealer today and discover the difference for yourself. Everwood Preserving Incorporated, the official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Join us this afternoon for Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, streaming live at 2 p.m. Central on all CTSN social media platforms. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. We're forecasting sunshine in full supply today. Tuscaloosa size 68. Clear tonight, the low 46. Tomorrow, sunny with a high at 73. Thursday, increasingly cloudy. A chance of showers Thursday night, the high at 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com, find the new inventory, use inventory. They also got the great special going on out there right now. It's by... Three tires, get one for a dollar. Uh, so some reason dad wants me to buy three. That way he can get one and then he'll pay the dollar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you go. All right, we'll get to the, uh, you may go to TuscaloosaToyota.com yeah. for all their different products and services. All right, we get right to the, uh, Tuscaloosa Toyota. There's no reason to give him a big introduction. No, he'll give you no introduction. He don't need no introduction. He doesn't? No. say he breaks it down better than anybody. Well, else. I know, but he, everybody knows who he is. Okay, Coach Jack. Coach Crow. Right. There we go, Coach Crow. All right. Morning, Coach. Jack, thanks Morning. for being on. Morning. Let me ask you something Morning. before Barry and I start on Tennessee. All right. Yep. Um, in your, are there different ways for offensive line coaches to teach blocking I, I know you brought some ways for pass, most some days for for run, but are there are there are there some offensive line coaches that are a lot better than others? I might know I know understand some coaches coach better, well, but technique well, wise, how hard is it to coach offensive linemen to block? It's real hard, and and you you, you find a sort of giveaway point, wimp with given size the first priority over athleticism. Now Coach Bryant had athleticism, not size. Coach yeah, Bryant. That's it. And and the longer you get, the the more it benefits you. But sometimes that works against your mobility too. And your pad level. You hear that word pad level. Uh I'm I'm about to make a <laughs> a philosophical point here, okay? So bear with me. Uh, pass blocking and run blocking are diametrically opposed to each other. One of them, you step back, you stand up, you get long, okay? And the more, the more you can give ground and keep, uh, length in play, uh, the better off you are. Run blocking, your weight goes forward. You get your center of gravity over your base. And your ability to move your weight onto somebody else is what creates movement on that person 
the block for the run. Now, some people teach elements of that better than others. Okay. okay. And some people, you could just about bet, I don't know if y'all remember the name, Alex Gibbs, who yep. was a Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, he went to the NFL and shrunk his offensive line down to where, um, and their concept was, if we can run it, you're not going to be making it hard on us to pass. And so his lines were 6'3"-ish. You know, and, and they're winning Super Bowls. Um, and then, you know, there are other people that, you know, if you're six, seven, you must be better. You know what? I don't know how many athletic six, seven guys I've seen that could get their weight out over their toes and get into somebody and block, move their feet and actually run block or somebody. I think what you find is in a world of specialization is, some people, you know, choose one over the other, and I think you've seen in the time that Nick's been at Alabama, you know, he's had a bunch of different kind of line coaches. He's had some good, all of them I think are good ones. Hell, he wouldn't hire anybody when he good a line coach. But there's a philosophy that goes along with each one of those guys, and, and it, what's good and bad, Wimp, is what, how it fits what you're doing. You know, and what you can get caught with sometimes. Yeah, you know, you're gonna, be gonna have to, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to block a pass rush coming towards yeah. the quarterback. Go ahead, Bear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just depends on how many times you're gonna back up. Yeah. But I'll say this about running, running a football too, which I, there's a lot of people having a problem running a football. If you practice one over the other, like if you spend eighty, if you look at your practice schedule. And you're spending 60, 70% of your time backing up, so to speak, you know, getting high, stepping back, trying to get long, get your hands on people. Uh, you know, the, the one of the biggest coaching points in, in pass blocking is don't get your head, don't let your head make contact. Okay. Well, why do people have a problem with that? Cause when you run block, you, you lead with your, the, the crown of your helmet. Yeah, two different things. Two different things, and I'm telling you, you look at your practice schedule, and you're backing up all the time. Yeah. Here's the old word: you'll get yeah. soft, and when it comes time to run, you don't know how to get yourself out over your feet. Drop your pad level down, and use your use your leg drive and your hips to move somebody. You don't know how to use your hips. Yeah. And, well, and uh, as a coach, I can look at practice, and and, and Nick can too. And we're getting soft. I'm changing this practice schedule. Too much damn pass blocking in here. Yeah. Wow. Barry? Um, when you have a great defense, which Alabama does, uh, they're up 24-6. Uh, what do you do when you come out in the second half? Do you get conservative? Uh, did Alabama get conservative the other day against Arkansas? Uh, you know, they end up holding on for dear life. Arkansas gets momentum. Uh, you know, sometimes you coach not to lose the game there. Just what did you see in the second half that was different in the first? Well, I think the things that it takes to control a game when you have a lead, the thing it takes to really control a game is, is different than what it takes to get the points. And, and when you've got a lead like that, you, I don't care who you are. It, it's not more is better. You're, you're actually, any coach has won a lot scores enough and then he takes control you know 
they didn't they didn't look like they knew how to take control of a game when they had the lead. I think yeah, you know they went. I think you can get yourself to where the the kinds of plays that you need to control the game, which are mostly running the ball and play action pass, uh, you can get where if you don't major in that. I mean, no lead would be, ever be safe <laughs> because uh, there's there's error more error involved. Uh, in some elements of offense, if that's the only offense you got, you, you're—I mean, you're just—you're just a game away from turning the ball over and having somebody come back on you and beat you that shouldn't beat you. Yeah, that. Um, we don't see the defense too much. Just too too much football wimp. No, I—I I, I think we we know about Tennessee. Our listeners know, but it's interesting to find out, you know. We talk about the defense coordinators done a really good job. Lane Kiffin almost argue he's not really calling them, but I think they were just getting the signals too slow to. The, yeah. uh, I think Alabama's improved defensively. Um, uh, uh, quarterback wise, if they get somebody injured, that, that second string quarterback hadn't played any at all. Um, yeah. I, I, you can talk about Tennessee along with that if you want to. It's, I, I, I know our listeners want to hear about Tennessee and. Well, Tennessee doesn't look like Tennessee before. Now, I mean, sooner or later, the stats start saying who you are. Okay. And if you look at, you know, we're at game six, um, seven for some people. If you look at Tennessee stats, I mean, that's it, not Tennessee that I think they were, you yeah. know, building their concept around. I mean, they're better they're, defensively. Yeah. They're better defensively, and it look and they're, they're making a really concerted effort to run the football. A real concerted effort. Okay, that's interesting. And, okay. and they're, and they're trying to get, they're, they've got their quarterback in don't get us deep mode. That's not the way, you know, the other guy was. I mean, they, this guy can make plays. Um, and, and I, you know, honestly, I think Alabama's somewhat in the same place, except I don't, I haven't seen Alabama look like they've, and I, I, I'm a little careful to say this because I'm not seeing the back end of I'm not seeing film, and I don't know sometimes uh, without seeing the back end, well, whether some of these things, what the intention or reason for some of the things that I see happening at Alabama, if it's all because the back end is saying uh, we, you know, we're going to stop the run, then yeah, throw it, you know. Um, but if, you know, if, if maybe that's happening because maybe you're not very good running the ball or blocking for the run, you know, maybe that's it. I don't know how to evaluate that without seeing the back end, uh, and watching tape. I'm not doing that. So I don't, I don't know how to, but I, I, I can tell you about Tennessee. The difference is Tennessee. I think they understand the limitations of their quarterback. And they're doing everything they can to be a running football team. Okay. They're doing everything they can to be a running football team. And they believe, that their defense can, yeah. they believe their defense can keep the score down. Uh-huh. Because your run-pass ratio is the element of how many points you score. And and I, I think they believe their defense can keep the scoring down, that if they dedicate themselves to the run and, and keep their quarterback from getting beat, 
uh, sounds like Gene Stallings. That is a different. That is a different Tennessee team. Yeah, go ahead. That it is a different Tennessee team. But I tell you what, it tells you is whenever a guy like Hypo is just about winning, he ain't about the show. It tells you who he is too. We're talking. So you with, get a little heat. Yeah. Excuse me. You get a little heat when you're a head coach and you, and you play ugly, but you win. But if all you care about is winning, let them be ugly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Coach was just, you know, Coach Saban talked about he was frustrated at the end of the game because he wants to end it the right way. It's almost like being up 15 or 18 in basketball and you have three or four turnovers at the end and you win by six. You just feel bad. You don't feel good about it. You want to end it the right way. He finally just absolutely lost it. And I, I want to ask you about that, number one. Number two, yeah. I've asked a lot of people this, but you – would be the best one to ask. Uh, Jermaine Burton is very mouthy on the football field. He's going to give him a penalty yeah. at the most inopportune time. Yeah. Are you surprised that Coach Saber hadn't gotten that in check yet? Does that show you right now that maybe he's coaching differently? I cannot believe he's still allowing this guy to to do the things that he does on guys, the field. Guys, since they started letting money flow through how many hits you get in your social media, it's changed coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And it's changed. It's had to change Nick, too. Mm. You know. Does that surprise you that it's changed him? I think Nick's probably changed four or five times in his career because I had a rather lengthy career and I had to change four or five times, too. Yeah. You you do whatever you got to do to win because the bottom line is not, you know, anything but winning. I don't think anybody's figured out winning better than Nick Saban has. I think the record says that. And if he's got a change, I wouldn't question the change. I'd say, okay, Nick says it's time to change. Hell, it must be time to change. I mean, that's that's how savvy I think that guy is. But I, I do think that, you know, when you got when you got social media playing into, uh, you know, to your relationship with your players and how you coach your players, I just – I think Nick will handle it better than anybody else there is. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Texas A&M has completely lost their football team because they can't play it that way. And I think it's, you know, I think, you know, I think every coach is having to deal with, uh, you know, these kids are, you know, they're going to be getting rich on how many social media, uh, how much attention they get, personal attention you get. What would Coach Brian do that? There has to be on the road. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Be crazy doing all this. Did <laughs> be, but you know, don't think that's not at play here. And uh, I don't know. I, I I think when you when you see that and you say, hey, that ain't you know, maybe he's getting old. No, he's probably just being. He's 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 trying to find where the line is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where the line is. I'd be the last one to ask. I seen Nick make changes. Y'all have too. I mean, you stay around this long, have this much success. It's calculating when and what changes to make and how you coach. You know, there, there's no saying in coaching. You're trying to do what you did seven years from now. We'll see you later. Good luck. Yeah. It ain't going to work. It is a line now. When Coach Bryant coached, it wasn't a line. 
he he, he just he jumped over the end. This wasn't it was just different. Fifteen dollars a month laundry money, and, and he didn't, yeah. he didn't, if you were in the staff meetings, I listen, you know, and says something wrong, he jumped your ass in the staff in the staff meetings. But he just, well, there wasn't a line back then. Now there's a it's very yeah. very asked this question, and I think it's a good question. It's it's <laughs> booger. Well, I guess he just thinks now, Coach, hey, he's the best I got, so I'm just going to have to take the good with the bad. Uh, <laughs> we need him to win. Is that, I, is that I don't, I'll good? say this. I'll say this. I don't think Nick's compromising. I think he's adjusting, okay? <laughs> there you go. I don't, I don't think that boy's got compromise. It's a, a good way to do it, adjust rather, uh, yeah, rather than compromise. Yeah. And he's, and he's probably – over the line, got to bring it back. I mean, y'all know how it is when you're going through change. And hell, I, I think coaching in the last two years with this stuff, I mean, there's more changes going on. L- listen, Coach Bryant and those guys that came out in that generation, they were just straight out of World War II. And that's how they, I mean, it, it, it was the same as the military. Every one of them. General Nayland, okay? Yep, Bob that's where it came from, and and it changed a little bit. You know, we went through, you know, we went through integration. We went through different kinds of things that sort of changed the way you coach. And I was part of all those changes. Okay, we're at another point in time. There is a major change going on, coach. Major change going on, coaching. But I'll tell you right now, who who's really the reason Georgia's as good as they are. I used to in my in my meeting room at Jacksonville State. I had Kirby, Muschamp, and Mike Bobo sitting in there there together. Hmm. You know they were all uh, teammates, right? Yeah. yeah. Stacy Searles. They got a coaching culture there. What everybody has to realize, a team's culture reflects a coaching staff's culture. What's becoming very hard for 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 Nick, and I mean, he had a culture. Hell, he had all those guys. I mean, you, it's just hard to transfer the culture of the head coach to the coaching staff and from the coaching staff to the team. And that's what you did in the military. Georgia... Those guys don't even have to hardly talk to each other at all. Think think the same way as George. I know all of them. Mm-hmm. One of them played for me. All Two of them played for. Yeah. They all. I mean, you got culture where it's top down. I think Nick's trying to find his culture a little bit now. I really do, but he'll. You know, he's the best he's ever been. But it's just damn hard when picking people are coming to get you damn coaches all the time, and they're you know. Man, well, managing change is tough. I know. Before you go, though, we, we need we probably need to mention Auburn. Um, they don't have enough players. And we talked about no. you, you. You take a lot of transfers, and you miss on transfers. You make a mistake on them. Uh, in order to fill your roster, and I'm not saying they did it. I, I think Hugh Freeze is a good coach, but I, I, I probably our listeners want to hear your comment on it anyway. Well, I think Auburn's culture is uniquely Auburn. I know it. Uh, had a son graduate from there. I mean, I knew it. I mean, Sullivan and I grew up in the same neighborhood together. I, I've known the Auburn culture 
since I was a senior in high school. I think they're in danger of losing their culture a little bit. Um, I think their culture really brings value to how well they, you know, what they what that program produces. And I, I think they're fighting for their NIL identity. I really do. I think they, if they get too damn mercenary, you're going to look up one day and all them people aren't going to recognize their football team. I think there's some real danger here. Um, I, you know, I think he's a really good football coach. But you had a culture, Wimp. When you mm-hmm. coached, I saw it. I like to watch it. They had your, they had your personality. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's the reason they won. You know, if you, if, if a head coach doesn't have a culture, his personality gets god dang diluted now. You know that. Georgia's got a culture. Alabama, because they got a great leader, they'll, they're never going to lose their culture. I mean, they're great tradition. That, that brand there has got culture dripping off of it. Auburn could lose their culture if they don't watch out. Okay. Um, how much does Nick Saban and the staff, I guess that were here, I guess, do you use the Tennessee game from last year? How bad? I and mean, that was embarrassing, uh, for, for, yeah. for Alabama. Obviously, they've probably been working on this for a year, uh, to where that doesn't happen again. I know they don't have the same players, Hendon Hooker's gone, the receivers, but how much of that do you, game do you use in preparation for the game this Saturday? Just for revenge. Yeah. Don't think that doesn't play a factor with players. Sure. Coach don't have to, Coach don't have no, don't have to have anything to do with you. Show them the film. If it ain't in them, you can't put it in them. Right. Uh, um, and, and, you know, I just, I think what Tennessee has become is a bad fit for Alabama. I mean, they've become a team that I, I, I think they picked the wrong team. They, they, they're going to have to pull out something a little different because, you know, they're, they're, they're playing more like Alabama, except they're fixing to play Alabama. That, anything else before we let Coach? Uh, no, I can't. I, I, you know, in the football questions that Barry and I have asked you, you hit on ten, what, what Tennessee is. I think they are different, and uh, sure. I think that, I think the pass, I think the pass rush is big. Uh, I think that's the real key to being able to block them. Anybody that's the quarterback, Alabama. I don't. Uh, know. I guess. I guess. In, in any time, can you coach games on field? Uh, what what made Dan Lanning go for that fourth and third with two, two minutes and eleven seconds to go on the forty seven yard line? Is there any you know, boy? Hmm? Boy ain't very old, you know. He's pretty young. <laughs> and when you're young, you think you're smarter than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 there is a new methodology out there that maybe the old uh, percentages don't come into play. But there's a there's a reason old coaches get old too. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I I was sort of stunned, to be honest with you, when he, you know, you do that stuff on the road. That's that's the thing. You know, if there's an older coach standing in it in his ear saying, "This might not be good on the road, buddy." <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Jack, uh, Bo, Bo at Auburn never could find himself. Nobody ever liked him, but he's gone to, he's gone to, to Oregon and 
made a culture for himself. I think he's sure he, by 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 leaving, he just made himself a whole lot better. He needed a change in his life, and yep. and I give a lot of credit not to his dad, to his mom. And you know, I got Patrick. I won't go back. I mean, I knew Patrick when he was ten. Okay, the dad. Um, and and his dad and the whole thing and I and I'm gonna tell you what now. Mom took over. Uh, Patrick gonna call cussing here. Uh, Mom took over here somewhere, and and she knew what that boy needed, and he he, he did the right thing. I mean he's he's become quite a player. Uh, somewhere in there gonna be a rematch in that. Don't oh they yeah, have a play they gonna play each other. Oh. Yeah, could be. Uh, uh, those those seven guys in that room got to pick the, the final four. Gonna have a hard time picking. The- yeah, you know, and I think in some situations, like you know, we were in Columbia, South Carolina. Like a kid didn't need to stay there; he needed to go away. Uh, sometimes, yeah. depending on your situation, you need to go away to get all those tracks. I think Bo going far away probably helped him. Don't oh, you think? Oh, helped him a ton, yeah. man. Yeah. It helped him a ton. I, I can, I, I got a picture of the kitchen table. Patrick's his dad starts talking. His mom says, "Well, let me tell you what we're going to do." <laughs> she is a beautiful, strong woman now. <laughs> well, he's uh, he's had quite a career and she, out there. And I think I think she realized that her son just couldn't get it, couldn't couldn't play at that school. Yeah, and amen that you know. Amen to that. I'm I'm a big uh, I'm a big I'm close to their family now, and I'm so proud of that boy. Yeah, he's done great. He's quite a player. He's quite a player. I'll tell you. Yeah. Thank God he's gotten somewhere where he can just play, not have to worry about what the heck's going on everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Distractions are gone, so he's playing well. Yeah. Coach, thank you very much. We appreciate. All you right, going. Jack. Great job. Thank you. I gave you last week off. Thank you. All right, uh, yeah, probably, you know, he says Coach Saban's, uh, I guess he's just learning the deal with Jermaine Burton acting like that. He wants to win the games and anyway, so it's just, it's a good answer anyway. Yeah, it was, it was. All right, let's talk about Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes. Uh, have an accident and it's really not, it's an accident that could have been avoided. Somebody hits you, hurts you, uh, and you don't know what to do. And Prince Glover and Hayes are the people to call. They'll do a great job with you. Three four five one two three four. Represent you in the right way. Listen to the listen to the problem that you have. Study it with you uh, on the telephone. If they feel like they need to go further with it, and they're not trying to go further with it, unless they feel like that it's necessary, go to seven zero one Rice Mine Road. Visit with them. I think Prince Clover and Hayes uh, know the law, know the changes in the law. There are a lot of changes. All the time, and so I, I would recommend that you visit with them if you have a problem. Two zero five three four five one two three four. PrinceLaw.net is the website. I always remember, not one dime out of the pocket. Sit down with them. if they don't win. You don't pay. Phone lines open. The rest of the show two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. You're just tied one hundred point nine. The home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center, we've got a wreck on 15th Street near Stillman Boulevard. we got a disabled 18-wheeler on Skyland northbound near the Jacks at 2059. If you see other conditions, give me a call. 
These are super offers from Townsend Nissan. Two, four, six, eight, up to $10,000 off. Select Nissans. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. It's- Need to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content. On your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. All right, uh, no, go to uh, on the sacks there. I think this one where Coach, they, I think they asked him what's concerned. I think Alabama's given up 31 and a half sacks, I believe. It's like, uh, I think I can't remember exactly, 130 in the nation. Uh, it's, it's only like 132 schools where sacks given up. Uh, if the sacks were alarming uh, or worrisome to him, here's what Coach had to say about that. Well, um, to the first part of your question, I would say, hell yeah. <laughs> um, to the second part is, um, I do think we have guys that are capable. Uh, I think it goes back to that same attention to detail. I mean, there's little things like in certain protections I know I have inside help. So why would I get beat outside? Does that make sense? So these are not all capability issues. You know, some of them are things that we could fix. Um, you know, when we're sliding out to block three on three and a guy doesn't slide out to block the third guy and he runs in the sacks, the quarterback, you know, that's, that's a, that's a mental error. That's not a physical problem. So it's a combination of all those things that need to get cleaned up with better communication, better execution, um, and maybe the more knowledge and experience that we get, the more we'll be able to be more effective and consistent in those areas. Uh, do you think coaching today's kids is different? Uh, this, their attention span is a lot shorter than it was maybe uh, there's just so many other distractions uh maybe practicing too long uh is it tougher coaching kids today's kid than it wasn't in, in the past it seems to me like it is yeah uh there's so many problems that come with off the field and i think money i know the more we say it people get tired of it but money has does have an effect on on how hard you play if you if you're getting down and you're getting beat and the other guy next to you is making a lot of money not making much uh mentally um uh, when you go back to your small town and you see your folks or or your folks or other people's folks and they say to you you know i hear i hear that quarterback of yours is making blah 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 it you know it just all those things together in your mind, uh, if, if you, if you get beat, uh, start with it. Is, to me, it's so important to start the season off winning. Alabama's bounced back from the loss of Texas, but, uh, I, I tell you, Nick Saban's, Nick Saban's press conferences are not, are not about X's and O's. They're just not. He, he's got, 
you know, he's got people he visits with that knows how to handle people. His press conferences basically are about handling players and about what they did wrong mentally. Not, it's not much, not a lot about X's nose. Yeah, you know, if they ask that, he'll answer the question if you ask an X and O uh, question there. But, you know, he has, I mean, these guys are smart, man. They're watching film, they're meeting, they're, they're looking at all the things that, uh, these people are calling these radio shows. But I, I personally think this team's overachieved, uh, at six and one. Uh, they, they look great doing it. No, but I think they coach differently because of their defense. They kind of play to not make a ton of mistakes and, uh, just kind of get, so they're not going to blow people out like people want. So anyway, that's just, is the way it is. We'll see what happens this weekend. The line still holds at nine and a half. We'll take this last break, come back and we'll wrap up the show, get out of the way for the Gary Harris show. You're the tide 100.9 is the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center, we've got a wreck on 15th Street near Stillman Boulevard. We got a disabled 18-wheeler on Skyland northbound near the Jacks at 2059. If you see other conditions, give me a call. These are super offers from Towns and Nissan. Two, four, six, eight, up to $10,000 off. Select Nissans. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. Go inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show. Hey, everybody, it's Gary Harris. Coming up Tuesday on the Gary Harris Show, Rudy Arman, the Rocket Man, talks some ball with us, plus the Titans report with Kayla Anderson. And Paul Patterson from Patterson Cumber Law Firm will be in with uh, some free legal advice. That's Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. on the Gary Harris Show. Catch the Gary Harris Show Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. We're forecasting sunshine in full supply today. Tuscaloosa's high 68. Clear tonight, the low 46. Tomorrow's sunny with a high at 73. Thursday, increasingly cloudy. A chance of showers Thursday night, the high at 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 53 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Alabama One, all the different products and services. You can go right to the website, alabama1.org. Looking for the vehicle loan, the mortgage, uh, the credit card. All right there at the website. Uh, if you want to swing by any one of the branches, they're spread out all over the state. The people at Alabama One are what makes it so special. Uh, there, they'll take great care of you. They'll find the best solution for you, whether it be a credit card, a mortgage, uh, vehicle loan, whatever you need. These guys are ready, willing to take Great, great care of you. All right, uh, Dad, you know, a lot of pressure probably on that Ole Miss-Auburn game uh, this weekend. Obviously, Hugh Freeze had his problems. They're well documented at Ole Miss. People uh, talked about Lane Kiffin could have had the Auburn job, uh, end up using it to get a raise uh, there at Ole Miss. Auburn plays a lot better at home than doing the road. Uh, what do you anticipate in this game this, this weekend? I think Auburn has a chance to win. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, one of the writers has made a statement. That you, well, he's, he's some, I don't know about him, but that uh, they'd fire him if he lost. No. 
Wow. Which they're not, not, not firing him. He's not, they, they don't have the money to pay anybody off. And who would they get? They would uh, fire Lane. who? Hugh Freeze? Yeah, no. Uh, oh, Lane Kiffin. Yeah. They're five and one or six and one. Yeah, yeah I, I don't, it doesn't make any. Everybody's, everybody wants the headlines to make you read it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think, I think Aubrey has a chance. Um, I, I, I think, I think he's got them mentally. Uh, I, I think they really try to coach their team against that the next game. I think they do. I think they did against LSU. I, I think Auburn's got a chance. I don't know. Obviously at home they do. They're on the yeah. road. I'd say no. All right. That's it for today's show. We'll get out of here and make way for the Gary Harris show. So keep it locked in the time 100.9 or 1230 AM WTBC, the home of Alabama sports. Have a great day, everybody.